Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My, My Ship, Ship Story. story. <laughs> God, that was terrible. Welcome back to another episode of My Ship Story Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. Got with me, Scott and Eric. Uh, let's check in with Scott. Scott, uh, is there any update on the boys? I'm I'm curious. I was I was thinking about it. Any any word? Pumping the brakes. They they've pumped the not pumping the brakes. They've they've jammed the brakes on and put the emergency brake up. So um, they they just don't want to go until they're 21. They don't want to take any risk or anything. So they're not pursuing that anymore. And I'm like, all right, well you got two chances. You know, the next time when you're 21, let me know because we may not know anybody else. You know, to try to get you on there. Um, I am actively seeking a comeback as a cruise director. What? No, he's <laughs> full of shit. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, well, I, you have to explain a bit more. You can't just. I, well, if I if I go back, it'll be it'll be it'll probably be like a, a cruise director. I mean, I've always wanted to be cruise director. I am I am actively seeking to come back as a cruise director, and you know, I'm vaccinated. Got my boosted. I'm. Uh, passports i've got the new new id whatever you know i'm an actor in movies and uh, well I'm, i mean I'm, I'm not doing an interview on here but but yeah like if there's an opening if there's a possibility i'll go talked about it with the wife and have you have you put your application in for to see escape no <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so i don't know well we'll see if it happens i mean you know if it happens great if not you know gotta yeah, try anyway Keep your feet on the ground and reach for the keep reaching for the stars. Isn't that what Casey, Remember, Casey didn't, said? Didn't we just have a conversation recently about those dreams, about achieving those those dreams? That's uh, right. I think he got inspired. I think he got inspired by Mecca Berman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, generally speaking, it can be tough to come in straight as cruise director. I mean, they do hire from outside director cruise director. A lot of times they do promote from within. So it's probably a 50-50 shot. Eric, got anything that to you want to hear? You never want to hear real estate stuff, but I've just been running around. I just basically walked in the door and came in here, uh, yeah. hopped on the podcast. So it's been crazy time still. It's I'm so busy. But I did make a decision that I am going to give up my property uh, rental management part. Like, you know, I just can't keep up with all of it. I Hire I just somebody got, to do that, like a you know, property management company. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Cause we just, I just got another apartment ready last night. I got home late because I was filling a dumpster full of crap that, that these renters left behind. And then, okay, we got this apartment all ready to go. And then today I got a call finally from somebody else like, Oh, we moved out at the beginning of the month. Thanks. Bastard. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. The last two just didn't answer anything. I found out one of them got arrested because he took off his ankle bracelet from his DUIs. <laughs> he was on probation and took off his ankle bracelet. So they came and picked him up. Ooh. And then uh, that's what, that's one thing you never want to do is take off those ankle bracelets. Okay. That'll get you no. in trouble right away. I mean, it's no. happened to me so many times. <laughs> so I'm fed right. up with the property management. Tell so, you, man, post that stuff on Facebook marketplace and it'll be empty. I just don't want to deal with the hassle. So I hired a guy to help me and we just dumped it all. Let's get to our guest. We have got someone from way across the world again today uh, coming at us from New Zealand. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Amy Rihari. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, and good evening. We're a whole half a day ahead of you. So it's afternoon, yeah. Friday afternoon here. So 
Good yeah. afternoon, Amy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good afternoon. The next day, hey, got any yeah. stock tips for tomorrow? <laughs> um, I've got the lottery numbers if you want for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Amy, isn't Amy our first Kiwi? Yes, our first, our first so. Kiwi. I think so. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But, but not our last because yeah. uh, uh, next week we're going to have another one. Yeah. Although he's not originally from New Zealand, he he's originally from uh, I think yeah. South Africa, but uh, he's yeah. he's going to be joining us from New Zealand. But anyway, oh, if he ain't first or last, enough. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, enough about uh, what's coming up in in the future. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to our guest, um, Amy. Tell us a little bit about. Um, what you did before ships and how uh, you decided to to go to work and and how it all happened for you. How'd you how'd you finally get a job on ships? So I was working at the Christchurch International Airport in the duty free store, and I'd been there and I was quite happy. I've been there for about four years, but I kind of wanted something different. And it was actually Christmas. Or sorry, it was Boxing Day. In 1999, I was over at my auntie and uncle's house. Boxing, you had the gloves on, working, sparring <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Eat, more eating and drinking than oh, boxing. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, but real quick, for um, a lot of Americans do not know what Boxing Day is, just because okay. we don't celebrate so, that here. But just in case, ah, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. So Correct. traditionally, it's, the, it's named that because traditionally in England, as far as I'm aware, that was the day that the servants were able to open their Christmas gifts. So their boxes of presents. So that's why it's the Boxing Day. So it's the 26th of December. Um, so I was sitting, reading the newspaper with my uncle, and we we're reading the classifieds, the good classifieds, not the dodgy ones. <laughs> and he said, hey, look at this ad. And it was an ad for Princess Cruises. And they were advertising Photographer's Casino and Shoppy. There was going to be an interview in Littleton, which is our port, when one of the Princess ships came in. So on my 25th birthday, which was January the 29th of 2000, I went on board and had an interview. I had to send my CV to LA first and went and had an interview. And then, bugger me, um, the 24th of February, I was flying to Mexico to start my first contract. <laughs> so it happened really, really fast. That's our speed. We're, we're familiar with that. Yeah. yeah so it, it doesn't matter awesome. the cruise line. It's all the same. It's no, all no, the it, was, same. it was brilliant. And I was really lucky. My first contract was on the Regal Princess. And it was, was two months six month contract. And it was two months on two months in Mexico. Then we transitioned to Alaska for two months. And then we transitioned back down to Hawaii for two months. More than I could even dream of that first contract. Down in the bottom of the world. And I've already seen, you know, more than and, I ever and, expected. Yeah. And tell me again, what was your position? Um, I started off as a shoppy and then I went my okay. way up to assistant manager, acting manager, all that good stuff. So you started in 2000 and yes. how long did you stay on? Exactly seven years. So I quit in January of 2007. Okay. So there's a chance that we ran across each other at some point. I was the manager of scheduling at Princess Cruises. More than likely. Yeah. Because the name sounds familiar. To, and I was really clever because I cottoned on quite early that if there's an itinerary and a ship that you want, you contact someone that you know, and obviously this is way before cell phones and stuff, but you contact someone and go, hey, who's leaving at about this date? So then I used to call head office and go, oh, 
don't worry about looking for someone. I'll be available. <laughs> They're like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and I always got what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm cute. I mean, I know this is probably not exciting to everybody else, but I'm really interested. So do you remember who you talked to at head office? If you told me names, I probably would. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was a woman. Shops was Joanne it's- Schmelzel for a while. Yes. That's yes, it. Joanne. Yeah, she's great. That's it. Talk about, see, it's a small, I keep saying this, the cruise industry oh, is really small and it's one degree yeah. of separation. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. That's awesome. So you, you did uh, your first contract. How, how long was it? Six months. Six months. Okay. Wow. That's, that's good. Let me go back a little bit. And, and how was it when you first got on the ship? Like for the first time, was this, have you been on a cruise before or like, what was it like no. when you just got on the ship and like that one, the second one, <laughs> um, <laughs> Kiwis are not, we are now, but we never, ever, ever knew anything about cruising. We didn't cruise. We're very, we're quite independent. So we don't necessarily like that kind of a structured holiday where, you know, you eat when you're told to eat all that kind of stuff. We're kind of a little bit more free and easy. We are now, cruising's huge down here now, but back then it was really foreign. I remember meeting, I won't say the name because she's fabulous, but I, my assistant manager met me to when I first came on board and she was like, I'm really sorry, I don't feel well. I had too much pepperoni pizza last night. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was just, just jumped in first let's get into a ship story are you warmed up enough to tell us one of these because i I think you you messaged me that you had several so let's let's get into one yeah well my name is amy rehurry and this is my ship story obviously like all of us that have worked on ships i've got hundreds of stories the first one that comes to mind is i was on board and i can't remember what ship it was i think it might have been the ocean princess when unfortunately september 11 happened um, so it was a scramble. We were doing the east coast of America. So we're doing Bar Harbor, Maine, all up to Canada. And it was an absolute scramble because the only security guards that we had on board were the Nepalese Gurkhas, who were all men. So we got instruction that they needed to train some of the females to be able to do searches and stuff down at the gangway. So it was the female shoppies, the female casino, and some of the steiners. The training was, here's your wand, your um, metal detector, wave it over a package, and if it looks like it's dodgy, open it up and, you know, have a look. So we're positioned right down at the gangway, so underneath the bridge. So basically, if they were anything, they had binoculars and stuff, so they kind of said, look, if anything's not quite right, hold it up and will give you the okay because we have radios as well did they so give you one like, of those knives did they give you one of those gurker knives no oh, okay <laughs> Luckily. all right just a wand this one particular day it was crazy busy like the line was all the way dockside like everybody was late to get on the ship so we had a massive line of people so I'm doing my thing and one of the little chefs Filipino chefs came up and he had this box and so I get my wand out and it went crazy and I said I'm sorry dude I've got to open this so I opened it up and I took this thing out and I'm like what I don't even know what the hell this is so I held it up over my head so the bridge could give the okay or the not okay and all I hear from the bridge is Amy put it back in the box it's a penis pump and I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Poor guys, but the entire lineup of crew and passengers had just seen this poor guy had bought a penis pump. And I just showed the world. So I felt so bad. <laughs> I was so bad for him. Um, oh my gosh. And. 
there's another story that all of my friends have told me that I've got to tell. One night at Kruba, this was on the Royal Princess, one of my Polish friends, he was a chef as well, he'd gone, he'd obviously gone out to the satellite phones to phone home and he'd found out that his girlfriend was cheating on him with his best friend and basically broke it off. So he comes back into Kruba absolutely distraught, like he was so heartbroken and we all kind of rallied around him and did last calls and bought a heap of drinks for him and stuff. But he was he was just, we were all really worried about his mental state because he was just really in a volatile place. So I just sort of said, crew by shut. And I said, look, guys, come back to my cabin and we'll, you know, just sit and relax out of this. So there was about, I don't know, half a dozen of us. And it got to the night and everyone kind of started leaving and it was getting late. And because he was a chef, he had to be up at like five o'clock in the morning. So anyway, he went and lay down on the bed. So I finally got him drunk enough that he could just, you know, <laughs> forget his worries. And a few of us stayed having a drink. Then I thought, God, I better go to bed. So I went to bed. And then about half past five, my phone's ringing in my cabin. And it was my friend Carla, who was the night purser. And she said, Amy, he's missing. He hasn't turned up to work. Apparently, you're the last person to see him. And I said, yeah, I was, but he left ages ago. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't know where he's gone, but he's you know I don't have any more information holy shit then the staff captain and Carla and about four or five other people are banging on the door going we need to we're about to do man overboard do you know anything and I said I'm so sorry I've got no idea but if I find anything out I'll let you know so I shut the door I turned to get back into bed because it was like 5 30 in the morning and here he is still in my bed fast asleep so I had to call the captain on the bridge. Oh, I had God. to call off the man overboard and say, um, I found him. He's on his way to work now. It was horrible. <laughs> Wait, did you give up where you found no. him? Where did you no. Where you no. Found him? no, 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 no. <laughs> I was the only one that knew. Because I, when I got into bed, because I don't move when I sleep, so I just got into bed facing the door. I didn't even think anything more of it and jumped out of bed as the phone and everything's ringing. And I didn't turn the light on, so I had no idea. And it was only when I went back to go into bed, I'm like, oh, my God, he's in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I kept him safe. It's hysteric. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so let me go back to the penis pump here for just a second. <laughs> Where, where do you get one of those? Where where did he yeah, buy that? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, we're inter- but it was somewhere, it must have been somewhere in America because we were doing the East Coast itinerary. So I can't remember where we where we would have been. So so oh, this sorry, guy, Scott, what were you gonna ask? This guy with the penis pump. So was he just completely embarrassed and turned red and yeah. Uh, and my other question is, whatever happened with that? Like, did you see him at the buffet or did you see him later? <laughs> was he like, oh, my God, um, avoid Yeah, him. absolutely. Like, it was a small ship. So all the crew, like, unlike some ships, most of the crew knew each other. So, yeah, it was just apology after apology for, like, the next three months. He wouldn't look at me and I went overboard to try and apologize, which made it worse because <laughs> he just wanted to forget the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my God, that's classic. I'm hoping hey. that he spun it like he was buying it for a mate, like a friend, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Hey, bro, if you're listening to this yeah. podcast, <laughs> uh, you need to come on here and tell your story, bro. Oh my God. I remember when, when Princess started that with the after 9 11, and they used to have a lot of the different women until they eventually hired female security staff. Yeah. But I remember 
the, the women who had to do the searches did not like it at all. They were pissed off. They were like, this is not no. part of our job description. It, this is well, it wasn't, we should not be doing. For me, it wasn't there. I didn't care like anything to keep everybody safe. I mean, that's our home. I had no problem doing an extra duty. It was just that we had no chance to be trained properly. Yeah. I mean, like we had one passenger came on. I think it was like the second day we were doing it. And he'd been ashore and bought like a whole bloody cutlery set with steak knives. Oh, and I opened yeah. it up and I said, dude, are you serious? Do you know what <laughs> happened 48 hours ago? I'm taking this off you. Like I yeah. had no, I had no ears or graces about stupid shit. Like I was just like, you're, you're a dumbass. Like this isn't yeah. happening. But um, yeah, but yeah, you take a training, off and you're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to go through that visual and I just can't, I just can't lose it. The, you know, the, you, you remind me of one of the security guards at the airport in uh, Pisa. I flew out on uh, September 12th. And of course, I, I mean, I, I just packed what I normally pack with me. You know, I didn't, I, I just, I, I was already packed, ready to go. So I get to the airport and I had one of these multi-tools in, in my carry-on, you know, and it of course had yeah. a little knife in it. And she's and she said the exact same thing. Seriously, seriously, did you not understand what just happened? We're taking yeah. this. Yeah. You can you can try and get it back in the next airport, but it's not going to be there. Yeah. And sure <laughs> enough, I tried to get it back and it wasn't there. But anyway, hey, uh, last last question on the penis pump: Was it a small one <laughs> or was it a was I it a large one? That story. <laughs> I just can't believe you're even asking. Like. Who cares what size it was? Do you really want to know? So as, okay. as somebody who worked in the shops, you had to come across difficult, weird, strange guests oh, oh, or interactions. Yeah, so let's hear list. some of those. Let's hear some of those. <laughs> okay. So um, the one and only complaint I got about me um, was because it was embarkation day. And so as a shoppy on embarkation, we are we sort of allocated stairwells and hallways to guide the passengers to their cabin. And I was standing up on a certain deck and this guy came up with his room key and he was like, I'm lost, I don't know where I'm going. And I said, oh, sir, you just need to go to deck eight, one floor up, deck eight. And he went storming down to the purse's desk and said, this horrible girl's just called me a dickhead. <laughs> and I was like, I've never called anyone a dickhead in my life. I said, deck eight. <laughs> and yeah, so that was my one and only complaint in seven years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've funny. got a, I've got a few. Um, there was a guy who on sea days we used to do things in the atrium, like t-shirt sales and all that kind of stuff. And this guy was coming along with his mates, like it must have been a bit of a sort of a lads cruise. And he asked me a question, and I answered it. And he turned to his mate and he said, "What the if was that? Is he she even speaking English?" And I was like, "Oh hell, you did not." So anyway, I was polite enough, and I said, actually, I'm university educated, sir, but thanks so much. So that night in Kruba, I was so pissed off. I told anybody that would listen to me the story, and my friend Andy was chief engineer. Was there somebody there to translate for you while you were telling the story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? So anyway, the guy ended up going, he ended up buying something from me, so I knew his cabin number. So my friend Andy was like, oh, what cabin was he in? And I said, oh. I think it was Baja 526, and he goes, oh, yeah, and didn't say any more. And then the next night at Crew Bar, 
and he's like, hey, you know your mate in Baja 526? And I said, yeah. And he goes, um, I turned all his plumbing off for the last 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy couldn't flush the toilet. He couldn't have a shower. He couldn't brush his teeth. And, of course, he was going to the person's desk to complain, and the chits all went to Andy, who just threw them in the rubbish. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's payback. It was awesome. But another story about overnight in St. Petersburg, the crew would always, obviously, a lot of the men would go ashore because it was an overnight and hire ladies of the night. Well, the funniest thing is the night before we had the overnight, they'd all come into the into the fragrance shop and buy like the cheapest perfume that we had. So I was so mortified because all of the lovely prostitutes in St. Petersburg either smell of red door or white linen because like, they were like the two cheapest brands that we had. And I was like, oh my God, these poor women, they're getting the same bloody perfume every week. Like, you know, at least splash out on some Chanel or, you know, I don't know. But yeah, oh, every week it was the same thing. Oh my God, that's too funny. Did you ever go out and party in St. Petersburg? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was brilliant. I remember, oh my God, my friend, I can't say his name. Um, so we went to a nightclub. He's, he's an Aussie and he's hysterical. He is the clumsiest, goofiest guy, but he's such a nice guy. Do you he, remember we which nightclub? Club, and I wouldn't know the name now. Okay. I remember it was big though. Like it might've even been two stories. I feel like. We're asking because this is, this is where Brad has gotten thrown out of the nightclub. Literally <laughs> thrown out by, uh, by a Russian. Naughty boy. Um, so we're all sitting and we were looking over at this particular friend of mine and he's talking to this, she was stunning, beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, and you could tell that she potentially was, she was working. And anyway, we go back to the ship after these hour long conversations that he was having. And I said, Hey, that chick looked really cool. And she, he was like, she's so lovely. She's a school teacher. And I was like, so not a school teacher. But he had no idea. Bless him. He thought she was a school teacher. I was like, okay, you go with that. <laughs> you have any other stories for us? Why, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, crikey. This was the first opportunity that I got when I was on ships. It was the first chance really to meet people from other nations and experience other languages and all that kind of stuff. And obviously pronunciations because we're right at the bottom of the world and we're so isolated. Like New Zealand, people choose to come to New Zealand. You don't kind of accidentally go through it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was, as a shoppie, I was doing, I was used to do jewellery talks. One cruise, we had a guest lecturer come on board to do some some jewellery talks in the, well, wherever he was. Anyway, this one particular day, I had to go to the purser's desk and make an announcement because there was a change from what the princess patter had said. So I had to go to the purser's desk and make an announcement for the reschedule. And of course, I'm reading off the paper verbatim, this was my announcement. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Please be advised that Jesus will be doing a talk in the chapel at one o'clock. Thank you. And his name was Jesus, but I didn't know that. So I'm reading off the paper and I see Jesus. So Jesus was doing a talk in the chapel at one o'clock. Good Lord. Was it a sold out crowd? People so, want to say, and, yeah. all, and all the person's desk were going, no, no. <laughs> but it was way too late, way past that. Oh my God, that's too uh, funny. And another thing about languages, we had a, um, on the Royal Princess, we had a new baby doc come on board and he was really, really cute from South Africa. Okay, wait so, a second. A baby, uh, a, doc, a baby doc is the junior doctor oh, on board. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. usually a baby doc is the crew doctor. I mean, they do yeah. kind of switch out, but yeah, he was baby doc and he was really cute. And so I said to my South African friends, fatal mistake. Tell me how to say a phrase in Afrikaans. Like, you know, well, I trusted them. It wasn't going to be a stitch up. He just walked into crew bar and I said, oh, quick, tell me how to say welcome to the family in Afrikaans. And they go, oh, say your peerless Klein. So of course I go up and I was like, oh, what are you drinking? Your peerless Klein. And he looked at me, and all I hear is this raucous laughter from down the back of the crew bar. And he looks at me, and he said, who taught you that? And I said, um, they did. And he goes, do you know what you said? I said, I've got no idea. I'm assuming I've told you welcome to the family. And he goes, no, you've just called me, and I'm a doctor. You've just said you've got a small penis. <laughs> 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 and we became great friends after, luckily. But yeah, never trust, never trust people to tell you phrases in foreign languages because uh, it's always a stitch up. Yeah, you say, no. "Hey, if you want to increase your size, I know a guy with a pump." <laughs> <laughs> it was just that. Oh no, it was, it was right there. Yeah. It was right there. Yeah, yeah. no, that I was actually really good. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let me ask. This is this is because one of the coolest things that I have seen on TikTok, YouTube, or videos and stuff like this is the haka. Do do pretty much everybody from New Zealand know the haka, like this chant or yeah. whatever? Is that is that I, like a? I broke my ankle on a ship doing the haka. Broke your ankle on a ship, man. That's that's yep. intense. That's got to be the coolest, the coolest thing. Seeing them doing on football or soccer or whatever you yeah. call it in, in that part of the world. Yeah, uh, rugby, like rugby, yeah. rugby. I mean, the weddings, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a very emotionally charged thing it, to it see really this is. happen. Yeah, it is. We had, um, I was so blessed that my husband, cause my husband is Maori and all of his cousins and his extended family got together and, created a haka for us for our wedding and it was it's just so powerful you just so it traditionally it's done for international games um primarily rugby is is where everybody does it the all, all blacks all blacks yeah all baby. Blacks, yeah um and traditionally women are not allowed to do the haka but you kind of can as long as there's no well my understanding is as long as there's no other male kiwi in the room which is kind of was my past so anyway, this one day, I've been on board for like a week from a six-month contract, and the South African guy, because of course it's South African, Aussie, us, rugby rivalry, yeah. and of course he was just winding me up, he was a bartender, and he goes, oh, what's that ridiculous dance you do before a rugby game? And I went, oh, do you want me to show you? So of course I do it, and right at the end when you jump up and land, I didn't know, but the crew staff had had a water fight like about an hour before and so when I landed foot came out from underneath me and I ended up breaking it so oh, oh my goodness I, I know did you end up <laughs> yeah I did all, all of that and, I, and I, oh my god my ankle just that doesn't feel good so of course oh. then I go to the doctor surgery to the medics they was this a small penis doctor or was it a regular doctor <laughs> <laughs> no yeah well they were all involved and it was so funny because they had to pass me for my flight home and they hadn't plastered anything or cast anything since like medical school because things like that don't happen you know like they're doing other stuff so there was plaster everywhere of course they're giving me gas 
the security officer came in to do a report, like what shoes was I wearing. Luckily, I wasn't drunk or I would have been disembarked because I'd just finished work. Um, and of course, I'm bloody high as a kite on this laughing guess, whatever it is. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, bro, want some of this? It's really good shit. And I'm like, <laughs> That's a free stripe officer. You probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was like, oops, too late. <laughs> I'm on the gas. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's too funny. Where did, uh, where were you that you got disembarked? Because, you know, sometimes uh, medically. I they... was way, it was horrible. Yeah. I was way, I think I might have even been like Europe. I can't really remember. But all I know is my, like, 14 hour flight and, oh. and a car. So they, they, Put a panel through the middle of the car so that for the pressure but they i couldn't go business class or first class or anything i was sitting down the back of the plane oh. in economy mm. couldn't uh, the plane was chocker full i couldn't put my foot up or anything it was horrendous and the 14 hour flight from wherever it was it was an air new zealand flight and i had a really awesome cabin steward and he came on as soon as he saw me trying to get on the plane he said what do you drink i said rum and coke and so by the time I got to my seat, there was rum and coke. And it was the pain from the pressurizing of the cabin. Oh. I got to a point and I said to him, how much do I put up with before I rip this bloody cast off? And he goes, let me give you two more double rum and cokes and then we'll assess it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and he, he didn't, then I was fine. <laughs> but yeah, it was a horrible flight. I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. I know that, you know, sometimes people are taken off medically in some ports that aren't always the best ports to be dropped off you know uh to get in a doctor and then catch a like horrible flight that has like 10 yeah connections. well i missed i wasn't seen by any medics ashore until i got to new zealand no. like they just literally got me off and flew me home straight home was this something that caused you to get off ships or was this did no, you go back to ships back. why did you what made you finally leave ships what was the what was the impetus to to finally get um off? it had just 2007 i could see quite a dramatic change um it wasn't i didn't really go for the money at all i went to see the world and to just have a good time in my 20s um, and it got to a point where people, crew were coming on board who just, who needed money. So they didn't go to crew bar. They didn't have fun. They didn't go ashore. They just literally worked their asses off, saved everything and sent money home. And I could just kind of see a change and, and things just started. When I was boutique manager, I had obviously a page that went off 24 hours a day. And it was just going off the stupid things like crew members having fights with their cabin mates and locking themselves out of the cabin, you know, and peeing off the side of the promenade deck. And I'd have to, you know, go and have a chat and deal with it. And it got to a point where I thought, if I want to have children, I'll have my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I wasn't intending to necessarily leave. But that holiday that I was home, um, I saw a job advertised in the paper as, um, assistant manager of a visitor center here in Christchurch and I thought that's right up my alley and it was just a it was a quick decision. I wasn't looking for another a job visitor center? Kind of, uh, oh a yeah, visitor center yeah. okay Bradley's so just kind of, that job kind of fell yeah. in my lap and I thought it's time it's time yeah it just yeah. keeps getting more and more and they just keep pushing 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 until yeah. it kind and of breaks so can you, until it kind of breaks people all you're doing all you're doing is stretching the spending money over a longer period of time People have only got a certain amount of money that they're willing to spend in, in for example, the boutiques. So you're going to get 100 bucks from somebody over five visits as opposed to two, which is just, it's ludicrous. It makes no, makes no yeah. sense, yeah. but it is what yeah. it is. On the, on the good side, Amy, it sounds like that you, you enjoyed 
the vast majority of your time on ships. Is that never a bad moment? I always took the joy or the fun, even out of the stupid moments. I think it's made me a better person and better international citizen. I mean, now anything that happens in the world, I immediately go, oh my God, such and such who lives there, I hope they're okay. Whereas before, I'd read a news article and it would go straight over my head because it didn't affect me. Um, and I think we've got, I think those of us who worked on ships have a lot more empathy for the world and, and current events and things because we can relate. We've either been to that country or we know people from that country. I mean, an incredible thing just happened to me this morning, three o'clock this morning when I got home from work, um, an old ship friend who's Bulgarian has got a Ukrainian family staying with her who have fled the war and she contacted me last week and said hey the 12 year old girl really wants to practice her English and I'm like sign me up so I had my first video call with these two gorgeous girls at three o'clock this morning and it's just anything I can do to help because they're out of school they're in Bulgaria they fled and it's just something to kind of take their mind off the situation and I never would have had an opportunity to do that. Living in New Zealand, if it wasn't for my contacts from my old ship friends, I tell anyone that's even thinking about it, just do it. Don't yeah. even I was gonna, I was gonna ask that. What uh, you know, if you see somebody out, which I'm sure you, you have, but when you see somebody out and and they ask you, um, you know, your thoughts on what advice would you give me, you know, because I'm thinking about working on cruise ships. So the first question I always ask, the fundamental question is, do you want to see the world or do you want to earn a lot of money? Because to me, that's the divisive question as to where you would work. Do you want to earn a lot of money, be a cabin steward, be a waiter or a bartender? Do you want to see the world, be a shoppy, casino, photog? Like that kind of, that's the first question question I think that needs they need to figure out um, because it's kind of one or the other in, in all the time that you've spent on board you've you've seen a lot of the world is there a, a place that you really like is there ports that you really are fond of honestly don't have a favorite I don't even have a favorite itinerary I've I've literally the only itinerary I've done I've done the you've got to have a few favorites though no, I, I honestly, the only itinerary I never did was Asia. The one itinerary I don't like, or it does, isn't for me, would be the Caribbean. Just because I'm not kind of a lie-on-the-beach kind of girl, I'd rather get out and do stuff. Like, I loved Alaska. I loved Panama Canal. Did it 500,000 times. <laughs> never really got bored of it. Because you didn't have to deal with all the dead people. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered a purser that Panama yeah. Canal they just drop like flies yeah no yeah, but Alaska <laughs> you know Alaska is seven days but Alaska is normally most of Alaska on Princess is seven days so you get a younger crowd because Princess skews yeah. older than mm. what while we worked at uh, at Royal it skewed a little bit younger and Princess yeah Alaska not so bad but Panama yeah, Alaska is not Al no Alaska is not so bad it's it's younger because uh, the cruises are shorter and but honestly a lot of people at Princess did not want to do Alaska because you know one season of Alaska is pretty good and you know the weather can not, is not always great and you know depending on what you did or got to do some people would get bored yeah. with Alaska but I used to go up. Do you remember that the office used to go up and do ship visits during the Alaska summer and you could come see and talk to HR people? Did you ever? No. Oh, you never did that. <laughs> no. I, I used Not to. Not on any ship I was on. <laughs> I, no, but in Alaska, like in the summers that I would go up there, we would meet with 
um, at least I used to meet, you know, whenever a crew wanted to speak to people that were from the LA office, we also had representatives from the different manning offices around the world or the UK or Italy or and then I used to also meet with like management on board the ship so I'd always meet with the shop manager the photo manager the cruise director you know all the department heads so it sounds like we actually never then if you were not even familiar with that I didn't get the memo definitely uh, not (laughs) yeah you missed the memo so it looks like we we didn't meet on on one of those ships but the more I think about it your name sounds more and more familiar uh to me speaking of Alaska though I've just got to show you the only thing I've ever stolen in my life (laughs) I promise you my mother will watch this actually I've stolen two things because I've got two of them I don't know if you can see oh Alaska Alaska style yeah 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 and then this is the other one. That's this not stealing. From the, the hangar in Juno. Oh, the hangar. We still always go there. Yeah. Alaska and Amber. I spent so much money there. They just kind of jumped into my handbag and I went, oh, oops. Um, but yeah, they've lasted 20 years. <laughs> As someone that, that runs a winery, if I mean, I if somebody even hints that they want a glass, I give it to them because that is wonderful advertising they're gonna oh, yeah. they're gonna have it in their house they're gonna think of the winery every time they drink yeah. out of it they're gonna yeah. have fond memories of it that is not stealing yeah. good I for love you every good on single you. time i use one of my 15 buffet plates that my mom took off the, <laughs> yeah off <the> <laughs> <laughs> never went to alaska but i remember um, doing the reposition on song of america going through the panama canal a, a few times and i always thought it was funny to see 70 80 90 year olds up on the deck at like the crack of dawn fighting would ah, pull chairs yeah. out and block their little chairs and somebody would you know i mean it was packed up there and i'm like a, like, what are you doing at five o'clock in the morning? Here, every it's packed up there, but they were like yelling, and security had to pull people apart. I'm like, Grandma, Grandpa, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, wow, we're we're running uh, close to time on this, Amy. Is there any other stories that you want to tell us? I remember I was my dear boyfriend at the time, Luciano Italian. He was third officer on the bridge. I've got lots of stories about him, but anyway, um, one particular one, I was having a few people in my cabin and he was on watch and there was about five of us in the cabin and he rings my cabin and he says, Bella, you have a party? And I said, no, no it's not a party. I've got a, he goes, I know there are five extra people in your cabina. I'm like, how, my God, how the hell do you know that? Are there cameras in here? And it was incredible because he could see from the fire, whatever's, he could see the temperature of my cabin had risen and the cabin temperature rises by two degrees for every extra person in the cabin. So he could see that my cabin was 10 degrees hotter than it should have been. And he knew that there were five extra people in my cabin. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's, wow. That's like, crazy. I couldn't even, I couldn't even deny it because it was true. That's yeah. impressive. So how that does, so, so can you go against that and turn your cabin? Like when you have like five people over, turn the air conditioning down like 10 degrees? We had no controls of it, damn it. I wish. And you can't like open a window or, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a cabin that I could open the window once on the Sun Viking. It was awesome, except for the eight. I was right next to the bridge. And it's like it was an older ship and we were right, right by the bridge. And if I opened my window, it would create this draft. So if somebody were to put a one by the bridge, they would put a piece of paper on your door. It would go whoosh, and it would just slide in <laughs> because of the wind. The people that did the the H, you know, the HVAC, they 
they would always tell me, you can't open the window. You can't open the window. It messes up the air conditioning. And I'm like, come on. What's the point of having a window that actually opens if I can't open exactly. it? Exactly. Anything that you want to leave us with about working on a ship, in anything like that, that you just, just want to tell was, the people? I think it was the best time of our lives. And I just thank you so much for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure. It's any opportunity that we get to, you know, like talk about stuff because people on land don't get it. They don't, so. <laughs> they don't. My husband refuses to even listen to the podcast. He's like, no, I'm not interested whatsoever. But, uh, you know, if, if you ever make it out to the States, you have to let us know because I mean, just from this short conversation, I would, we would all have a blast just sitting down and chatting and having a drink. Oh, I'd love that. I would yeah, absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. And and likewise, if you come down under, all the way back, bum ass to the world. <laughs> where, Wait a minute, where down down under. That's a that's the wrong country. No, it's all down under. Yeah, no, we're more we're officially down under. The Aussies just steal shit from us all the time. Like, <laughs> our actors and our musicians and Pavlova, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I out. love a Pavlova. Oh my god, that is like <laughs> my favorite dessert ever. It's is out. it? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Now I know. It was a New Zealand baker or a chef or something. There was a very famous ballerina called yes, Anna Pavlova. And she visited. Ah, and that's why. It was created for her. It was created in New Zealand for her, not Australia. Right. And I know there's probably Aussies watching going, no, nah, it's not. I'm like, yeah, that, bring it on. True. <laughs> <laughs> so where, whereabouts in New Zealand are you? I'm Christchurch, which is okay. on the east coast middle of the south island on the east coast thanks so much for being on we really really appreciate it thanks so much for coming on and sharing oh. your ship stories they were hilarious they were fantastic great. thank you <laughs> yes, so much for being on i think i, think I see a title in this, was in this episode yeah we'll see about that <laughs> all right ciao ciao awesome wonderful thank bye. you guys uh-huh. bye-bye I don't know how to hang up. <laughs> uh, that was oh. fun. She was great. That was um, great. Oh, she was yeah. so much fun. I would love to grab a drink with her. I'm sure we could chat for How her. fun would it be to go to New Zealand and hang out with Amy and all Definitely. of her friends and stuff like that? That would yeah. be fun. so much fun. Don't pack the Absolutely. pump. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that was so funny. Oh, my God. Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!